Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, hour two. Hello, America. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The Eric Erickson Show across the nation. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, we are waiting for Herschel Walker to call in. Uh, just got a note from his campaign. He was held up just a minute, but we'll be here momentarily. Um, so while we're waiting for Herschel to call in, I want to give you kind of an overview of where things are because, believe it or not, uh, a Republican confidence has kind of surged in Georgia. Uh, more and more Georgians tell me they actually think uh, Republicans in Georgia tell me they think this is still a very winnable race. Uh, why? Because a series of polls have come out that show it's still a tied race. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has a tied race. Uh, Fox 5, Atlanta has a tied race. Emerson College has a tied race. Trafalgar Group, which is Republican-leaning, has a tied race. Uh, the only one that has a surge for Warnock is Quinnipiac, and there is widespread agreement even among Democrats going back a year that uh, the Quinnipiac poll is overcounting or undercounting Republicans by five. If you add five into that, there's a tied race there too. Uh, this is something the Democrats are having to contend with. And because in the polling average right now, real clear politics polling average, Warnock is below 50%, they could get into a runoff. There's a libertarian candidate in Georgia. The libertarian candidate, his name is Chase Oliver. He is uh, on the ballot with them. And in Georgia, you have to get 50%. There may be a protest vote. If there's a protest vote over the two candidates, and that goes to the Libertarian, that keeps Warnock under 50% and guarantees a runoff. Now, the runoffs in Georgia have changed. If you recall in 2021 in Georgia, you had David Perdue and Kelly Leffler on January 5th, I think it was, they had the big election in Georgia, the big runoff election. Uh, Georgia changed its law this past year, and the big election bill they did after all of that debacle, when the legislature met, they passed a new election reform measure and they moved runoffs to four weeks after the general election, which means if there is a runoff in Georgia, thank God almighty, maker of heaven and earth, we won't have to be subjected to negative ads for two months in Georgia. Uh, it'll just be one month for those. Okay, so let me put this in perspective for y'all. I went to watch the Braves game yesterday. They worked very hard to make sure the Braves got no primetime airing of their game and, and God himself intervened with a series of rainstorms yesterday that pushed the Braves game into primetime. And all I saw were ads, attack, 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 attack. I finally turned it off and went to a different streaming service. My goodness gracious. All right. Uh, he made it. Ladies and gentlemen, the next senator from the state of Georgia, Herschel Walker joins me by phone. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm great. So I, I want to talk to you. I know you're debating Raphael Warnock tomorrow, but I would be remiss and get a whole lot of hate mail if I didn't first let you talk about all the, the allegations that have been drummed up in the last few weeks by the Daily Beast um, and it just the, the smear campaign against you. Uh, what what how, how are you feeling about them, and what do you want the audience to know about them? Well, first of all, I want the audience to know that this is a lie. 
And they, I want the audience also to know that this is one of the most important seats. So I think the left would do anything, say anything to try to get this seat. But uh, they've, uh, they're not going to get it from me because this seat is too important. And I'm going to fight for this seat because it's a lie. Now, let's you you've repeatedly denied this one um yesterday on or i guess it was tuesday when tom cotton and rick scott were on the campaign trail with you uh you talked about the mental health struggle and and i've reminded people that we wouldn't know about the struggle except for the fact that you wrote a book and did a lot of interviews uh and i if you wouldn't mind talk to me about that and and uh, i continue to encounter people who have concerns about your fitness for office because of those things and what do you want people to know well what i want people to know is uh you know i've been very transparent in my life and i'm not uh going to say that uh i was been perfect in my life because i haven't but i went and got help and i'm going to be a champion for mental health and i want anyone out there to know that if they're struggling with a mental health problem, you can get help and you can become better and you go on and do live a productive life, which is what I've done. So when people talk about my past, it is my past. And what I say is right now the left is trying to bring up my past, like trying to rob my old house. I don't live there no more. I'm not there anymore. And so when anyone said that they have concerns about something that was, what, 14, 15 years ago, I moved so far past that. And as I said in a, that I've been redeemed and I've been uh, running my business, a very successful business where they've talked about that as well. They've lied about that. But right now, as I said, I've been transparent. And uh, I think the Senator, one, he need to be transparent and tell people what's going on in his life. I'm above that. I just want to let the people know what I can do as a Senator and I'm going to win this seat for the great people of Georgia. Now you wrote a book you did a series of ads. You've been very transparent about things you did in the past. Uh, Raphael Warnock sealed his divorce records and says he can't comment on them because the records are sealed despite what his ex-wife says. Should he unseal his records? Well, if you want to be transparent, you should unseal his record. But he also, uh, people don't know that, you know, he sealed a record. He paid the family of a camp of kids that talked about abuse uh, during the camp. They paid a family off that they couldn't even uh, talk to a uh, to the police. But I say right now, this this race shouldn't be about someone's past. People can say that uh, he's unfit, but right now we're running for the Senate seat, and they were saying do anything, and I mean anything to win the seat back. Well, right now to try to rob a house that I don't live in, it, it doesn't work. So let's let's talk about this, and this is a perfect segue as well, because it, it seems like the two big issues that voters really care about is is not whether or not you you may or may not have paid for an abortion 13 years ago, or Raphael Warnock's or your sins in the past, but crime and the economy, inflation out today still 40 years high, people struggling to make ends meet. Uh, if you're in Washington instead of Warnock, what'll be different? Well, first thing that'll be different is, uh, and I can say that. Yeah, I can do uh, the opposite of what he's doing, which is nothing. Nothing from nothing leaves, leaves nothing. But what I like to do is us become energy independent again. Becoming energy independent is going to mean a great deal because we're going to now spur jobs back into the into this economy and get the economy moving. We're going to stop this reckless spending. You know, we, we're spending money we don't have, and it's easy for people to say when they say reckless money we don't have, but they're spending money on things that we don't need. 
And then we got to also get the crime down. You know, crime has made a big, big issue, and that's because of the inflation that is that Joe Biden and Raphael weren't up feet. Uh, they're one of the reasons we're at the point we're at right now. It seems to me statistically, in uh, particularly in Georgia right now, a, a lot of crime is in uh, gangs, random violence, the South Atlanta area, the inner city. Um, it disproportionately hurts the black community at a time that people like Raphael Warnock and Stacey Abrams want to defund the police so they can't protect those communities. Uh, what do you say to the black community that, that has re- uh, traditionally voted Democrat of uh, how they should view these issues and vote for you? Well, what I'll say to the black community is I will treat you like I treat my own family, that I will protect you. Because one thing that Raphael Warnock is not telling you is one of the reasons that uh, drugs are so bad in Atlanta is because they're not securing the border. Seventy percent of the drugs coming from the border goes through Atlanta, Georgia. That's where they redistributed the drugs that is in Atlanta, Georgia. So we got to get down and start doing work at, at that border and stop the drugs from coming in. And the next thing I would say to the black community is that's one thing that we have to do. We have to come together as people, not see you as black America, or white America, or Asian America. We just got to see you as America, which I think is the most important thing we can do. Now, you're debating Raphael Warnock. What, what do you expect out of the debate in Savannah? Well, I, I think he's going to uh, be that uh, slick talker as he is. You know, I've heard about it a lot. You know, he's a, he's a minister as well. And uh, so he's going to be really ready to uh, debate. You know, he's an incumbent senator, so he should know everything that's going on. But he's got a record now. I think people don't know he's got a record because of he voted with Joe Biden 96 percent of the time. That's the reason we have this this sky high inflation. That's the reason we have these open borders and the crime on the street, because he's voted with Joe Biden 96 percent of the time. But in, because of that record, I, need, I think you need an answer to the people why. Did he vote for Joe Biden 96% of the time? And now he want to leave his friend. You know, he don't want Joe Biden to come down and, and uh, campaign with him. Why? Now, the New York Times a while back did a a story on you that I just, I had to kind of roll my eyes at. It was a white sports reporter from California that uh, went down to Wrightsville to suggest that uh, Herschel Walker turned his back on his community and isn't black enough. And I've been meaning to ask you about that. And, and now that I got you, I feel like I need to ask you about these New York Times reporters making, white reporters making racial critiques about you. Well, you know, it is amazing to me that if that was on the right, someone like that was doing to someone on the left, they would be totally, totally uh, put down. But because I'm on it, uh, I believe I'm a free thinker. Uh, they seem to have the the right to say whatever they want to say and get away with it. But what was so insulting is I've had so many people from my hometown on the right that this reporter never asked them. They never asked anyone from my family. He went down and he told a big lie because they're trying so hard to help Raphael Warnock win this election. Well, right now, I'm going to go out and I'm going to fight for the people of Georgia. Raphael Warnock went to Washington, and he forgot about Georgia. And I hope the people see that. That's the reason right now they can feel the pain. They can see the pain. They can, they can, see, the, uh, they can see what he's doing. You know, when you look at the shelves, the food on the shelves, you look at going out to eat, what, what the prices of food is costing now. You look at your gas price, they're going to go up. You know, do the people know that right now our uh, strategic petroleum reserves, we had a, uh, they've, they've used more of that than any president combined. 
we're at a we're at a uh, national security problem right now. They're not telling people that, and they tried right now to hide the gas prices. But as soon as this election is over, your gas price is going to go up. Your utility bill is going to go up. They're trying to pretend that they care. If they care, they'll be fighting for the Georgia people and fighting for the people of the United States of America. Now, I've got about a minute left, and, and I would be negligent if I didn't ask you this question. Uh, you and I have talked about this privately before. Uh, can you talk at, at the end of this interview here about uh, your faith and how it's getting you through the ups and downs of the campaign trail? Well, when I got into this race, uh, you know, I never thought I'd ever, ever be a politician. But, you know, my Heavenly Father has blessed me so much. And I knew when I was called that I was called to get into this race. And I was called because uh, because of what the, my Heavenly Father has taken me through. So I said, he's prepared me for a moment like this. The way they're coming after me, they've spent $60 million coming after me. And I'm still standing. I'm still standing because of the grace of God. And I'm going to win this seat. And I'm going to just let everybody see that we can come together as the United States of America and put this country back together, put this state back together, because that's what we are. We're good people. We're not racist people. We're not bad people. Our men and women in blue are not terrible people. You know, 99% of them are very good people. Our military soldiers, you know, they shouldn't be talking about wokeness. They should be talking about war fighting. Our kids in school, why are we talking about CRT? They should be learning math and English. The parents should be involved, not being called domestic terrorism. You know, why, where did we get to that at? We, got it. We, we can do better. Well, listen, uh, good luck to you in the debate tomorrow night. Thank you for stopping by. I uh, appreciate your time. Best of luck to you out on the campaign trail. Hey, thank you, now, and God bless. You too. Herschel Walker, candidate for the U.S. Senate in Georgia. He'll be debating Raphael Warnock in Savannah tomorrow night. If you want to listen to this interview again, text the word ERIC to 33777. Uh, you can get the podcast or the show notes. We'll push it out there. Thanks to the Walker campaign. He got tied up right as he was coming on uh, and got held up for a minute, but glad to be able to pull him on and get him on the radio with all of you guys. Americans for Prosperity plays to win. That matters a lot to me. I know a lot of D.C.-based organizations that just want to pass paper around to other Beltway insiders or claim they speak for everyday Americans without ever having to leave Washington, D.C. Americans for Prosperity is different. They're not a think tank. They're grassroots do-tank. Americans for Prosperity is a -a one-of-a-kind, freedom-oriented, limited government advocacy and accountability organization that actually takes action to expand opportunity for all Americans and defend your freedom of speech. They're doing great work at all levels of government. What's their secret? Well, they don't really rely on Washington. They've built a network of concerned citizens who are stepping up for freedom in communities all around the country. If you want to learn more, if you want to find out how to get involved with Americans for Prosperity with a chapter near you, and I assure you, they have a chapter near you, check them out at americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. That's americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. Breaking news. The White House will not send Joe Biden to Georgia to campaign for Stacey Abrams. Uh, They're going to send Jill Biden, the first lady of the United States, to campaign with Stacey Abrams. Probably not going to help, but there you have it. Phone number 877-973-7425. Natalie, you're going to be up next. Welcome. Thank you again for your time. A simple question is pretty obvious that we all think about regarding Mr. Fetterman, Biden, yeah, and I brought up to your call screener, Mr. John, uh, past um, 
John McCain, and the medications they're on, and how they affect decision making, and why we're under the thumb of people who, of anyone who's making decisions. When you, when the small print on all the commercials says how it affects right. these That's things, and just well, to throw this out real quick, I didn't say it to you, Carl Steiner. Why does Mr. Fetterman have what it looks to me a tissue expander on the back of his neck? A lot I mean, of people have for, wondered about. He's got this massive growth on the back of his neck that his campaign won't talk about. I'm actually, I, I've wondered about it myself. It, it's really notable, and they won't release the records. Now, in the Constitution, the Constitution sets the guidelines for running for office, essentially, uh, the eligibility. And it does not say one must release medical records to have valid access. Therefore, he doesn't have to do it. But you would think, given the damage of a stroke, that the Fetterman campaign would want to release his medical records, and they haven't done that. And he's got this, if y'all have not seen the picture, I don't know what it is, but there's a massive growth on the back of his neck. And he, he clearly can't comprehend uh, auditory responses, and it's one, it's one of the, the odd problems with the way the brain works. Visual input and audio input are processed differently. So he can read something and understand it perfectly, but he can hear the same words and not understand them. And that suggests that the impact of a stroke was more damaging. Well, it doesn't suggest it means it was more damaging than what he's been let on. Uh, he tried to downplay the stroke early on, and we now know it was a more massive stroke that he had. He has not been open or transparent. And what is so notable is how much so much of the media has given him a complete and absolute pass on it. The media from the Associated Press to NBC, other than the interview the other day, ABC, CBS, CNN, the like, they've all given him a pretty significant pass on his health condition and his refusal to give up his medical records. In addition to everything else with his background, it's just striking to me how they have worked so hard to cover for this guy because the media has a dog in the fight. They do not want Dr. Oz to win. Uh, they don't want to have to write about how Republicans sent the first Muslim to the U.S. Senate. That's supposed to be a narrative that only the Democrats get. My goodness. So winter is coming, and I got to tell you, I love the weight of the bull and branch sheets. I like them in the summer when it's hot and you don't want a lot of covers on you. But in the wintertime, they're just the perfect weight, the perfect, I don't know, smoothness. They're 100% organic cotton threads. They've got super softness. They get softer every time you wash them. They're just the drape when you're laying down and stuff. They're not, they're just perfect sheets. I love them. Uh, I am effusive with my praise for Bull and Branch, and I'm delighted to have them as an advertiser. Look, they're made from the highest quality threads. They got superior softness. They got over 25,000 rave customer reviews and counting. I'm one of them. The quality you can tell is great. They hold up well after all the washes I've put them through and they just get softer. It doesn't matter what the thread count is. If the fiber sucks, and you can tell they put a lot of great detail into the fibers they use. And look, Bola Branch gives you a 30-night risk-free trial with free shipping, returns on all orders. You're going to feel the difference. You're not going to want to send them back. The first 100% organic fair trade certified bedding company ever. They used 90% less water than conventional production, zero pesticides, other chemical, chem toxic chemicals. They don't use them. It's just fantastic. Listen, I'm effusive with my praise. I love Bull & Branch. Try them for yourself. And again, you get 
a 30-night risk-free trial, free shipping, returns on all orders. Try the sheets that will make you fall for the coziest night sleep in the season where you want cozy sheets. 15% off your first set of sheets. Free shipping when you use promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at BolandBranch.com. That's BolandBranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com. The promo code is ERIC. Trust me, they're worth it. We've got five bedrooms, five beds, Bowling Branch sheets on every bed. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. Uh, if you text the word Eric, my name, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777, uh, you can subscribe to the show notes, get the podcast, rehear the Herschel Walker interview uh, at your convenience later. Uh, we will get it posted as quick as we can, thanks to his campaign for getting him on the phone there. Uh, I, I want to talk about the Alex Jones situation. Uh, But before I get there, there is other stuff that must be said. And I need to give you kind of a lay of the land right now. We're less than 30 days from the election. And I have a theory and I want to put this theory out there. And it goes back to some audio I played earlier and I will recirculate that audio. Um, But I want to express a theory and get it on record. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'm not afraid to be wrong on this stuff. And and you guys can hold me accountable later. I mean, my life is kind of an open book. I try to be as transparent with you as possible, but I do have a theory. My theory is that the polling is off at the national level for the generic ballot because the way national polling works, you are one, uh, you're you're getting a broad reach of people across the country. You're not just in swing states. Two, the people most eager to talk to pollsters in America today tend to be Democrats who want you to know that they are absolutely going to go vote for Joe Biden and the Democrats. And three... When you look inside the swing state polling data, what you find is a really, really significant surge for Republicans. I mentioned earlier the CNN poll has now found this. The CNN poll, when you look at swing areas of the country, finds that the Republicans are up five. The ABC News poll that came out a couple of weeks ago kind of buried the headline that they're finding that Republicans are up closer to 10 in these swing state areas, in these swing district areas. So there are 35 to 50 congressional seats that are considered swing seats, seats that reliably go back and forth depending on the political mood of the country. If that's the case, the Republicans will probably have a good day and a good night when it comes to the election. Now, let's push this forward further. In Pennsylvania, the majority of the state looks either Republican or swingy. There are two congressional districts in Pennsylvania that are going to be toss-ups. And there are three or four that are going to be heavily Democratic states. And the rest of the state, large Republican areas. If the Republicans really are doing as well as they are in those swing districts, according to CNN, according to ABC News, if that's really the case, 
then Dr. Oz probably does win. Same with Adam Laxalt in Nevada. Uh, there's one swing district. There's one Democratic district. There's one Republican district. That that swingy area of Nevada, two, I should say, two uh, Democratic districts. One is the heart of Las Vegas. The other is north of there and stretches out towards Reno. Um, there's one swing district. If if the Republicans do well in those areas, and those Democratic areas are only they they lean Democrat, they're not safe seats. Well, then Laxalt is definitely going to win the Senate there. Same thing happens in Arizona. It depends on the intensity of the surge in these swing areas in these states. If this is shaping up to be so, Republicans have a really good night. And we should know fairly early because of Pennsylvania. If Dr. Oz is winning Pennsylvania, if he's winning the Bucks County area, if he's winning the Erie County area on the on the east and the west of the state, he's winning in the swingy areas of Pennsylvania, and that means he's winning, and that means the Republicans are winning on election night. In Georgia, that means it's possible Herschel Walker wins without a runoff. All things being equal in Georgia, most Republicans right now, their consensus is one of two things. Either Brian Kemp's ground game is able to carry Herschel Walker across the finish line, or Brian Kemp's ground game is able to get Herschel Walker into a runoff. And if Herschel Walker gets into a runoff and the Senate is up for grabs, the Republicans, if they don't talk themselves out of it again, the Republicans have a chance really to win. At the state level, at the gubernatorial level, the Republicans may pick up the Oregon governor's mansion. Oregon, to the east, is pretty Republican. To the west is very progressive. But Oregon, its bulk of its population is the west, and they kind of dominate along the coast in Oregon, where the progressives are, Portlandia, that sort of area there. The, the, the hippies and the progressives, the Antifa members, they kind of dominate and control the state's politics. But crime in Oregon has gotten out of hand. Crime in Oregon is very, very bad. Even progressives in Oregon are starting to think they're going to vote Republican at the state level just to send a protest message to the Democrats who have let Antifa kind of run the shop. Republicans could have a good night. We don't know yet, but I just have this sneaking suspicion. I really have a sneaking suspicion that because the national generic ballot polling already has a little bit of a bias towards the Democrats. And you can't weed out the population centers where Democrats are really eager to talk to pollsters. And you're not getting Republicans who aren't very eager at all to talk to pollsters anymore. That's my suspicion is that we are undercounting uh, the Republican wave. And when you look inside the swing districts of America, for which the Wall Street Journal says there are 27 toss-ups, there are 10 additional seats that lean Republican and 19 seats that lean Democrat. If those are undercounting the significant partisan switch to the GOP, the Democrats are going to have a very bad night. I caveat myself with this. 
I do think the reality is that there are going to be districts that might have been in play for the GOP that because of the Dobbs decision, and I was wrong on this. I didn't think it was going to have that big of an impact, but there have been too much data to come out that suggests that in some areas of the country, the Democrats are going to be able to hold their own because of a surge of female voters who vote on abortion, who might vote for Republicans if abortion wasn't at stake, but because of it will vote. That doesn't mean the Democrats win, but it means they do mitigate their damage somewhat. It is notable that the House Democrats are going to do another January 6th commission, committee meeting. That's not coming up in campaigns around the country anymore. It's not an issue that resonates anymore. The Democrats thought that they could run their last month on abortion and Donald Trump, and instead it's going to be inflation and crime that generates a lot of the uh, voter turnout in November, and none of that helps the Democrats. We're less than a month from finding out how it really plays out, and I will keep you posted along the way. Now, the phone number here is 877-973-7425. I want to go to Arlene. You're up next. Arlene, welcome to the show. Thank you, Eric, and thanks for the um, interview with Herschel. I am a supporter. But my question to you is I live in the 13th District in Clayton County, and we never hear anything about the incumbent who's been there for over 20 years. So I want to, we have a young man that's running and I wanted to know why we don't hear anything about the 13th district. Oh, that's a good question. And it might be one you're not going to like, but I'll just give it to you honest. I kind of uh, have an idea of what you're going to say. Yeah, the 13th congressional district was drawn in such a way that if Jesus Christ ran in that district <laughs> as a Republican, Jesus Christ would lose. Um, so the media... Oh, The media ignores those districts because the districts are drawn so that only a Democrat or only a Republican could could win. It's why, for example, the 7th Congressional District, which is a newly drawn congressional district in northeast Atlanta and Gwinnett County, it's why you don't hear a lot of talk about the Republican candidates there because the district is drawn for – the Democrats um, in the 6th Congressional District, um, Rich McCormick, he's going to be with me at the uh, event at Governor's Gun Club next month. Uh, the 6th Congressional District is Lucy McBath's district. Uh, the Republicans right. tried to win it twice. They lost twice. The district was redrawn now. I can't even tell you the name of the Democrat there, and it doesn't matter because Rich McCormick is guaranteed to win that seat the way it's drawn. And that's just the sad reality of it. Uh, It takes a seat where you've got a very good candidate who's a Republican running in the 13th, and there's just no way for that candidate to win. But is there any way you could just talk with with the candidate just to hear his ideas? So I do believe that people can be changed, especially – the way the things are in our country now. And I just, I'm a believer. Well, I I appreciate the belief. I do. Um, Here's my problem with me doing this. Um, Let's, let's take the 13th congressional district. Uh, You got a month to go. They haven't given any, and if I give the, if I give the Republican running to the 13th airtime here, uh, what do I do with the candidate in the seventh? What do I do with the candidate in the fifth? Um, yes. I have to give equal yeah, time. Christian, there's a nice young man running in the fifth Christian cinema. He's really. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Look, I, I mean, they're, they're good candidates. And Arlene, I, I understand your frustration. I do. I, I don't want you to think I don't. Uh, the problem, do. though, I, is I, know you yeah, do. I, I, know I just you do. I, I know the way these districts are drawn. 
Um, I know that the Republicans in the legislature are worried about the 10-year demographic trend away from the GOP. So they made uh-huh. these districts as Democrat as possible to pad the margins over the next decade to help the Republicans everywhere else. Um, right. And so when I've got to do the news, my hesitation is, do I put on a candidate who I know doesn't really have a shot at winning and encourage people to support this candidate when down in southeast Georgia or southwest Georgia, there's Chris mm-hmm. West running in a district that's 50-50. And any dollar I direct to a Republican running in the 13th district is a dollar that then doesn't go to a guy like Chris West who could beat okay. Sanford Bishop down there. And okay. there's there's your play in Georgia. The second congressional district is a 50-50 district right now. Sanford Bishop, longtime Democratic politician, who Republicans, you should know, actually love the guy. He's the right. most bipartisan member of Congress. He's running against a guy I support, Chris West. Uh, Chris could really win that seat given the demographics of the area, given the the economy. And so if, if Republicans in Georgia want to help a congressional candidate take out a Democrat, Chris West is the one you want to help because his district is 50-50 as opposed to the 13th, which is 70-30 Democrat. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it, but I still would like for you to talk with uh, <laughs> All right. just to hear his little, you know, he has a plan and maybe – you know, there could be some people that are listening and say, well, let me give this guy a try. Yeah, you, you know, that that is fair. Look, I, I got to leave it there with you, and I, I appreciate that. I, I just, my concern, and I want you all to hear me here, and and, and don't, don't send me hate mail on this one. I've got three hours a day, and if I give one candidate in a district that's 70-30 Democrat a, a hearing, then I can't tell the candidate in the neighboring district that's also a 70-30 Democratic district that I can't have you on air because then I get in trouble with equal time rules. And so then what I have to do is I have to hand my show over to candidates who I know because of the data, not because I don't like the candidate, not because of philosophy, but I know the way the Republicans themselves drew the district, a Republican's not going to win there. And I have to take up my airtime with these candidates. Some of you will hear it. You'll give these candidates money. When actually there is a district in Georgia, the second congressional district, where a guy named Chris West is running. The district is a 50-50 district. It is the swing district in Georgia. It is held by Sanford Bishop, who's the most bipartisan member of Congress. But he's a Democrat. He's on the verge of retirement. And Chris West could win that seat. And I would rather you know about that seat. It's the same for other states as well. And, you know, I mean, this is one of the downsides for me here is I've been so long on my flagship station, WSB in Atlanta, as a Georgia host. Uh, I actually am now on in 15 states around the nation and growing. And so why then not do this for the Nevada Swing District or the Nevada Democratic District where I'm, I'm on now in, in Las Vegas? Uh, or in Florida, I'm on in, in Jacksonville, I'm on in Orlando. Uh, it I have a harder time now putting candidates on around the country because of the limited bandwidth of the show and the equal time requirements that I would fall into. But I can highlight a Herschel Walker, I can highlight a J.D. Vance, and I think my time is better spent there. So that's why I do it, and I do want you to know, uh, I, I, I just think your money is not well spent as a donor to causes when you're funding a Republican in a race, the Republicans themselves drew to make sure it was impossible for a Republican to win. 
And the Democrats are doing that with Marjorie Taylor Greene's uh, opponent. The Democrats have been funding millions to Marjorie Taylor Greene's opponent. He can't win that race. And every dollar the Democrats are spending there is a dollar they're not spending elsewhere. And I don't want to be someone encouraging you guys to do that with Republican candidates. Now, I got to tell you about Eden Pure because there's where you can redirect your money. If you're looking for a good way to eliminate foul smells in your house, whether it's a litter box, pet odors, smoke odors, frying, cooking odors, musty odors, you got dust and pollen floating in the air, the Eden Pure Thunderstorm works. You can get three of them for less than $200. You get them uh, for less than $200. You're actually saving $200 as well. And you get free shipping. What you do is you go to EdenPureDeals.com. That's the website, EdenPureDeals.com. And on the very front page of that website, you'll be met with a discount code box. You put in ERIC3, E-R-I-C-K-3. And you can see the Eden Pure Thunderstorm 3-pack. If you check out with them, you get three of them, one for upstairs, one for downstairs, one for your basement, your car, your RV. Keep one in your suitcase like I do. They just work. They wipe out odors. Uh, smoky odors, pet odors, litter box odors, musty odors in a hotel room. Somebody's been smoking in the hotel room or the rental car before you get there. You can plug it up with a USB cord or plug it up directly into a wall. EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is ERIC3. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. Wherever you are nationwide, they want to help your business grow. Reach out to them. FirstLibertyGA.com. I wish to go to the uh, phones. Uh, Michael, I want to go to you next. Welcome. Uh, welcome. How are you doing? Good. Um, I, I enjoyed the Herschel Walker interview. Um, I may have this wrong, but my understanding from what I heard, I think, this morning's news, that there's a debate at the Atlanta Press Club with the three Senate candidates, Warnock, the Libertarian, and that the invitation was extended to Herschel Walker, but he has not accepted yet. And my question to you is, as a strategist and just as a voter, uh, do you think this is a good idea uh, so close to the election and what, you know, most polls either have tied or one or two points apart? Um, I, I just didn't understand why he would not be there. Uh, so um, I think that none of the debates actually matter. Uh, and I personally think that they're largely a waste of time for the candidates. Uh, I Even do think the perception. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I mean, I don't think that David Perdue lost to John Ossoff because he refused to debate John Ossoff. I also, my understanding from people close to the Walker campaign is that uh, they're a little bit concerned that a number of the people on the board of the Atlanta Press Club or are, they are led to believe, are Warnock donors uh, or Democratic donors. And so they don't particularly want to participate in a forum run by people who they believe to be donors to Raphael Warnock. Um, but you can see what the headlines would be. Well, Walker's I, I, I not there at the yeah. debate, and there would not be any, excuse me, any explanation. Yep, look, I, I, I totally agree. I, I understand that's a problem, but then how many uh, conservatives and independent voters are reading the AJC to read the story? Um, that I mean, that's, that's the, the issue here, Michael, is that it's a calculus by them that uh, most of these debates don't matter. I tend to agree with them. That's not a partisan point for Walker. I've been saying that for years. I don't think the Kemp-Abrams debates matter. I don't think the Kemp-Purdue debates mattered. I don't think a, a Warnock-Walker debate matters, and I don't think most people are going to pay attention to them. They're going to pay attention to all the ads we can't escape. 